Hello, folks. Welcome to the Answers May Vary podcast. My name is Kristen Miller, and with me in the studio are Brad Nisley, Derek Schmucker, and Brandon Miller. Thanks for joining us. If you would be here with us today and be able to see us, you would know that we're all wearing black, which is kind of a new thing for us, I think. Back in black. Is yeah. there a reason for that? Uh, well, three of us showed up with in black to start with, and then one of us had to change, but... <laughs> I was surprised to see Brad and Derek both looking like so dressed up. They look like they just came from a meeting or something. Well, maybe wow. they did. Thank you. Did you, Brad? You I got like the golf pants, meeting, but like that's, swag. I know. Yeah, I am all pretty... into golf pants and actually kind of golf shirt style. Yeah, so, oh, but, so that's yeah. kind of why I chose this attire. It's so nice. comfy. Really? It does look really comfy. It's... Is it your disc golfing garb? Um, I sometimes wear these, yeah. Uh-huh. And there's Landon over there just wearing red <laughs> or pink or whatever that is. Coral. Looking good, Landon. Okay, speaking of disc golfing, really interesting idea that we were talking about a little bit on Sunday that I wanted to go back to. So, Derek, if if a disc golfer met with a actual golfer and they both were given only the equipment that they normally use like, in their sport, who would win in a fight? Oh, the golfer every day. Yeah, okay, right. <laughs> Explain yourself. I know, exactly. You gotta... He's got golf clubs. That's what I'm saying. He's got a literal club. <laughs> have you Those ever... things... Okay, have we you... were... funny, okay, funny story, ahead. but the, these guys were just talking about... Um, this is getting... Okay, there are some people in the world that he, uh, kill animals, and they were saying... The I, will, I will not say who it was, but there are people that use golf, pl- golf clubs... That's as far as I'm going to go. Anyway. Disembowel animals. Well, I don't know. Maybe. definitely take out disc golfer with a golf club, right? Oh, yeah. Okay, here's the thing, though. Have you ever taken, like, a disc driver to the head? No, because they can't aim good enough to to hit you at the head. Depending what kind of... I mean, it would hurt. There are reasons we wait till you're out of the way. Well, yeah, exactly. Okay, you didn't fair. say what skill level we were talking here either. So we should ask Nate because he has taken it. Yeah, this is true. <laughs> he's still alive. Yeah. But... See, here's my other thing: is because a golfer, he's got projectiles and then he's got the close range weapon. So he's got both. My is my take. True, yeah. but you're a lot less likely to get hit with a golf ball than you are with a disc. But yeah, if you just start taking pop shots, it depends who's defensive, maybe, and who's yeah. I okay. agree that the ball golfer probably would have this, yeah. some advantages, but. I still side with the disc golfers because I'm a disc golfer. If the disc golfer, no, wait, I don't, I don't want to be violent. So go ahead, right. ball golfers, be violent. The, well, yeah. see, if the disc golfers get a basket, theoretically, that's probably a bigger shield type of item that you could use versus a flagpole. So True. I also feel like the disc golfer, like stereotype, is a little more prone to violence than the golfer stereotype. Fair. This is probably true but. as well. <laughs> hmm. Maybe. Anyway, so anything else we should like touch on before we go into open for debate? Oh, uh, you want to hear my story they about bocce ball? Oh, oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so basically, we, our family was camping this weekend, and uh, actually, we were camping with Keith's this weekend, my uh, my dad's friend and their family and all that. Anyway, long story short, Sunday afternoon, we were playing bocce ball, a few of us, and I got a great idea to throw it across a bridge, or like roll the the... What do you call that white ball that you? There's the a name. Yeah. No, I don't know what is that. No, there's a name for a it. Bocce ball player to know. Um, the the ball you aim for with all the other ones. Sure. Uh, I got an idea to roll it across this bridge onto this island. Thought that'd be a good idea. Well, I missed the bridge and 
It oh, went in the water. Did you guys find it? Did you all throw your balls into the water after it? <laughs> no. <laughs> Thank goodness. But I decided it would be a good idea. Well, this is like a this is pretty high class hoity-toity campground or whatever. Um, Wait. Well, signs, okay. on, signs around the ponds that say uh, no, no, no swimming. Um, oh. Anyways, no I went throwing in. throwing balls into pond? Well, I didn't say that specifically. Oh, okay. But anyway, so I went in after it. I... Uh, well, I didn't want to get my pants wet because I still wanted to wear those, so boxer shorts it was. Wait, real quick. <laughs> there's a fancy campground in Kansas that forbids going in the water? Yeah. And they're like... Uh, they're like Who says pretty... Kansas can't have any class? Well, it's fine, but it's just like... They're... Okay, they gave us... <laughs> I just they came have... from Kingman Lake, okay? There's not much class going on <laughs> okay, there. Okay, yeah. They, they actually have... Uh, they have a pool there, and we were swimming in it, and they gave us... Um, a problem about not have we didn't have our our wristbands on for swimming in the pool to identify that we were there legitimately. Oh, oh wow. like you had so to they pay were for a bit it. Picky. Well, you're supposed to well, wear your band while you're swimming. Yeah, what is it made of? Like it's those wristbands. I don't know. It's like the temporary ones, like plastic. I would have thought those were like what? paper, but I guess, they're like paper, okay. kind of wax they don't, paper. But they don't disintegrate. They don't, they don't disintegrate okay. underwater. No, they're, no. They've got some kind of like they're kind of waxed plastic, or whatever. Yeah. Um. Yeah, they're yeah pretty high class people there. Apparently, I don't know, dude. Okay, so sorry, this is changing gears a little bit, but I thought of Kingman when I say Kingman Lake, and that really made me think of something that I found super interesting. Did you get? Have you guys heard of Hooray Ranch? No, in Kingman or like really close to Kingman. One of my coworkers oh, was talking yeah, about I did it. Just you have see it? Yeah, it's this massive, like super ritzy ranch building that just went on sale. Like it's a, it's supposed to be like the best ranch experience ever. Do you know how much it's selling for or what the list price is? Like, is it a retreat center kind of thing? You're saying? Like, or yeah, kind like, of. Okay. No. What's it selling for? It's on sale for thirty-two million. Whoa! Is that all? Oh my! <laughs> I know, right? I was it's like, who wants to buy? Who wants to buy Whoa. a ranch for that expensive in Kansas? Like, I was just um, floored that there's actually something that massive. Hmm. Wow. Maybe the people who are tired of like Colorado resorts. I guess. I don't, I don't know. know. <laughs> yeah. That does seem a little excessive. Like, yeah. Does it that's come crazy. stocked with horses or something? Oh, it's, it is 15,000 square feet. So that's a lot of square feet. Oh, yeah. It's a little bigger than our hmm. house. I don't know what all it comes with. I have no idea. I've never wow. been there, but. Wow. That's insane. Okay. Well, I think we're going to head right into open for debate. Uh, Brandon, you are bringing the discussion question for today. So what do you have? Okay. Yeah, so let's start with a little bit of a story. So how many, does anyone recognize the term Pizzagate? Is that familiar to anyone? Yes, I do. You do? Uh, kind of. Okay. Little no. I didn't really know much about it. All I think it, of so. is Watergate. Okay. I'm pretty sure it's not I, that. I did a little, a slight bit of research. So basically Pizzagate was when um, there was a man who went to a pizza shop in Washington, D.C. and walked in there with an assault rifle. And so everybody ran, because that's what you do when someone walks into a restaurant with an assault rifle. And some shots were fired, but no one got hurt, actually, and he was arrested. And turns out the reason he was there is because of online rumors circulating about a human trafficking ring linked to an alleged human trafficking ring linked to some high-profile politicians was supposedly operating in the back rooms there. It was totally false. But or in the basement, actually. In the basement? Okay. You might even know more than I did. But And the reason that's significant is because there was 
no basement of this pizza shop. Oh, yeah. yeah. No basement. I didn't even though. know that. You know more than I do then on that front. But it made me think, like, what makes people, like, do something like that? Like, how do you get from... How do you act that extremely on an idea so far-fetched? And so... It, uh, something that brought this up in my mind a little bit more recently was hearing two of my friends talking and one of them said a statement that I knew to be false but it was similar, like someone, it was something that the other person agreed with, obviously even though it was false and like, oh yeah like that makes sense, it kind of fit right into their um, their view of the world I guess. Anyway, and so it made me think like, why do we just kind of accept what we hear sometimes and run with it. So I want to know your thoughts on confirmation bias. Um, so for those of you that don't know, a little com- uh, confirmation bias definition might be helpful. Confirmation bias is the tendency to interpret new evidence as confirmation of one's existing beliefs or theories. Um, another way of wording that that I've heard is it is looking for ways to you have a hypothesis or an idea in your mind and you look for evidence to support it rather than to prove it false. Like you're more likely to go out looking for information to support the theories you already have than you are to try to disprove your theories. Mm -hmm. And so I guess maybe what I want to talk about first of all is a little bit, how do you see confirmation bias affecting us today? But then the bigger deal is, what can we do? Um, I'm assuming it's mostly a negative thing. If someone wants to argue that it's a good thing, then I definitely take that too. But my main like open for debate question is what are some practical ways that we can try to keep an open mind and to try to not let confirmation bias affect us too much? Good question. Very good question. So I think we should talk a little bit about just how, how it happens or why does it happen? Uh-huh. And I have a few ideas, so I'm just going to throw them out there. One yeah, of them is, is just human nature. Yeah. We want to be right. And True. Yep. So we, we look for ways that we are right. And I think there's some okay things about that. It's not necessarily all wrong. <clears throat> the other thing is, I think, kind of like we talked about last time, we talked about social media. We didn't talk about this specifically, but I think the algorithms that social media uses steer us into confirmation bias without us even realizing it mm-hmm. because it, it feeds us it's, it's an echo chamber of sorts it feeds us more of what we have looked at and so we tend to to just get those confirmations can we expand yeah. that to media in general sure yeah that's, that's excellent that, excellent that's fair i would say news stories are very much geared that way too right mm-hmm. i would i think you were on to something like i think you're right that it was mostly negative or can be very negative at times, but I think there are a lot of good things about it too. And I haven't quite fully formulated my thoughts on that, but I think it's something we do all the time and have to as a matter of efficiency, like brain efficiency and like just dealing with the world in general. Hmm. Okay. So if you think of when you take in new information, it's takes more energy to process it as new information than it does to like sort it into some kind of already pre-existing categories in your mind that this kind of goes with that idea. And uh-huh. so I think our brains, I'm not, a, I'm not a brain expert. I'm kind of shooting from the hip here, but I think our brains have confirmation bias for some good reasons too, to 
sort evidence into things that we already know about to make sense of the world. And maybe that's different than uh-huh. what you're talking about. I'm not sure, but I would argue there are some good aspects to it. Mm-hmm. But it can very easily become like unhealthy. Maybe that's not what confirmation bias is. Maybe this is a different, um, a different part of the psyche. I don't know. Well, it is a reinforcement thing usually. So like, if you do something bad and you have a consequence for it, that's going to, if you knew it was bad to begin with, that's going to reinforce in your mind that that was not a good thing because it, like, after you did it, something bad happened to you. So I guess maybe there are parts of your natural, like, tendency that uses kind of confirmation bias-ish. Yeah, I think it's true that it's just, it's part of the way we're wired. I mean, I think we're kind of meant to be, to a point, we have to have some of that because we can't just always be processing information completely through a completely fresh lens. I mean, it's it's part of our experiences color how we view life. And yeah, the, the whole thing, it it's a part of who we are. So it's not like it's just inherently bad, but I think it it can go places we don't want it to. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think <clears throat> we all sort of have, like you said, uh, we have the experiences we the experiences we've had over time and what we grew up with we have we all have a sort of a world view that we filter every inf- all the information we get through it the other thing i was thinking of is is there ever a good a good um, bias to have like for instance if we say we believe the bible and everything in it is absolutely true. If we, if we hear some information that proves the Bible true, or the Bible proves it true, we would be more likely to believe it. Yeah, I'm getting, getting a little uh-huh. uh, losing my train of thought there. Uh-huh. But anyways, yeah, I, I think I know what you're saying. Basically, you're saying if there are core things that we know to be true or that we choose to believe, we will, we will rightly tend to fit other information into that framework and it's a good thing it's it's a way of being grounded in our beliefs is that kind of what you're saying that, that i think that's my kind of my premise anyway uh-huh. I, or at least something i'd like to bring up uh-huh. i think that's valid uh-huh so like if so it talks about your existing beliefs or theories so if your existing belief is that everything in the bible is true then any you're saying any new evidence you get either to the detriment of that or to that upbuilds that idea. Um, you're going to interpret it through that lens. You're saying that could be a good thing, right? I would think so, yeah. Uh-huh. Hmm. I think I, I agree with that. I'm trying to, there's stuff floating around my mind. I can't quite think how to say it. Because I, I think what you said, Derek, is accurate. That, you know, we 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 know something to be true and we, we stand on that. We don't We don't change from that. But I think there are, like, I, w- I was thinking, but this goes along with the scripture idea. Like, I think there's often that we read, this isn't talking about the whole of scripture, it's talking about specific scriptures. We read scriptures and we say, we, we project what we think onto it. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, and sometimes I think we can almost do that with the whole of scripture. Like, we, we maybe don't understand the scripture well. We think that this is a biblical truth, but we're actually, we're actually don't understand it well enough to be able to to um, basically, well, we might be missing truth within the truth. 
Uh-huh. Um, I, I don't know. It, it's a little bit hard for me to, to flesh out how that looks because I think I think we do have to we have to know where we stand, and and we can't get wishy washy. Right. But I think sometimes that can that can put us in such a box that we we miss with truth within that. I guess. Uh-huh. And Derek, good. I'm gonna push back. I'm just gonna propose that that's actually not true, and I don't know if I actually believe that or not. But I just want to play devil's advocate okay. here for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Okay. So say you read a passage in the Bible. And it kind of seems to contradict a little bit what you think. Well, like, okay, so if you believe the Bible is always true, and then you find a passage that seems to, or some evidence or something that seems to contradict that, mm-hmm. if you just brush it off as like, well, the Bible has to be true, so I'm going to take it this way, and instead of actually doing the work and digging in and figuring out whether that actually is a conflict or not, doesn't that make your faith a little weaker? Or not I think, necessarily. I think, well, what I thought I was hearing you say, I agree with, but then I was like, um, if, um, so, good question. We can come back to that too. Yeah, but. sure. I think there's, it's hard, to, it can maybe be hard to put words around the different ideas that we're talking about here, because I uh-huh. think, I think we're saying a lot of the, the same things, but from different angles, maybe, um, uh, I Back to your question, I think it does make your faith weaker to some degree, because at that point, like I think that I think that would be an unhealthy uh, version of confirmation bias, where you choose to not actually put the effort into finding out why it seems to contradict your view or whatever, and just kind of swallow it, or how did you say it, kind of brush it off or something. Well, yeah, if you just kind of put it into a category that it's like, well, that can't be right because I already know this, you could be even right about that, that it's not right, but you're probably better off actually going and doing the work to investigate it because truth doesn't care what we think. Like, actual truth, I think, should be able to stand on its own, regardless of our beliefs and opinions. Right. And with obviously with something like the Bible, we know that is true. So I think we shouldn't be worried about having it coming out on the losing end because if we actually get all the information, maybe not even all the information available, but all the information there actually is about a topic, it will be shown as true. Mm-hmm. That's just what right. I and yeah. I think I think I hear you saying we need to be willing to be challenged on on our worldview and on yeah what we believe rather than just. Rather than just going with it and and brushing anything that doesn't line up with it off, correct? That's what I think. Yeah. I, I don't. Yeah, I think that's really key. Willing to be challenged is a pretty uh, good mm-hmm. way to say that. I don't think the opposite of confirmation bias is believing everything. I think the opposite of confirmation bias is open-minded research on on a subject. Is that right? Uh, I would I would agree with that somewhat, but I would expand it to open-minded other things, like maybe open-minded relationship. And okay. Yeah. Like, okay, not just I research, don't think it's yeah. just it's limited just to re- yeah to facts and logic. And I would expand even more uh-huh. to say I agree with both what with what both of you said, but I would say that I think a commitment to truth has to underlie all of that because we can yeah. research all we want, but if we're not committed to truth, we're, who knows where we'll end up? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I agree. That's yeah. a good point. So your original question was, how do we? You kind of put it in a negative light, right? How do we? combat confirmation bias can we talk about the negative side a little bit so i guess we have already some but maybe maybe we should rephrase the question how do we combat negative 
so le- kind of leaving the question of whether it's good or bad, how should we combat, what are some effects of negative confirmation bias and how do we combat that side of it? Mm-hmm. Like I would do we say, have any... just yeah. a couple of examples I'm thinking of off the top of my head is it seems like almost to have a conspiracy theory even exist kind of in the example of Pizzagate. To me, it seems like you have to have some confirmation bias probably because almost all conspiracy theories are based on the idea that something's out to get you or something's out to hide something. Um, and so you kind of have to have in your mind already that that's true and then find facts to go on top of that to make a conspiracy theory work. I don't know if that's entirely accurate, but that's kind of what I was thinking off the top of my head. Um, and then you mentioned also relationship. I think often we can have confirmation bias where if we think, oh, this person has this weakness. Like we just think this person is trying to, you know, always be bragging or whatever. If they say something, whether it's at all bragging or not, we're going to start viewing it through that lens. So we'll be way more quickly to say like, oh, look at him. He's bragging again or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really good point. Mm-hmm. And I don't know about the rest of you, but I do that all the time with people. Yeah, <laughs> like, for sure. You for kind real. of get a, a picture or a feeling in your in your mind of who someone is or what you think about them and then try to fit everything, all the facts you hear about them into that is mm-hmm. like often how I tend to do it. And it's really, it's not helpful, but mm-hmm. yeah. And the more facts you like fit in there to try to build up your picture, what you have of them in your mind, it, the harder it is to try to actually give them a fair chance to disprove that picture. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Sometimes almost make it impossible for them to disprove that. Uh huh. So as a, well, let, let's talk a little more about, I'd love to hear a few more examples. Where do you see confirmation bias playing out either in society or in your own life or in your friends' lives? Or like you've brought a number of good examples already, Brandon, with conspiracy theories and the story of your two friends. And we talked about, like, I think we've touched, We talk, I talked about um, how I operate sometimes, but I think we've touched on all of those, but are there any more examples that come to mind or things that you think of um, that you see this play out just kind of, yeah, regularly. This is maybe just the whole, I mean, conspiracy theories are maybe a part of this, but the political uh, realm is is certainly Mm -hmm. full of confirmation bias, both sides. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And to that point, um, I don't know. I probably have some, I know I have, I like to think I have an open mind, but I know I have bias and, and worldview and it does, it definitely does, isn't the same as other people. And I just can't, sometimes I can't see where they're coming from. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the thing. It seems like it's impossible to completely eliminate it. Like, is that actually, I know we already talked about whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, but it's like, you just will come at information from a certain viewpoint based on your experiences. So I think it's, it is really important to give all, give everyone a fair chance or give information a fair chance. But is it all bad that you come at it from a certain viewpoint? Cause it's almost impossible not to. If no, it is, if it is I don't bad, think we're it kind is. of doomed on right. some fronts. Exactly. I think, I think the most dangerous or one of the most dangerous things with confirmation bias is to say that you don't have it because everybody mm-hmm. has a bias. And when you, when you uh-huh. take yourself, when you say, 
I don't have a bias, you are you have a blind spot at that point, and you can't deal with something you can't see. Very right. Well. Yep. Uh-huh. That's so that's what I would see so as one of the most dangerous things. Not like admitting that you have a bias. I think is a healthy thing. But so maybe you can, you can Im- argue with me on that. I'd love to hear. So maybe the most that. important step to combat it is to know what your bias is, and to keep that in perspective when you're taking in information. I, I think that's or interesting. interacting with people, understanding yeah. your own leanings, and and maybe being fine with them. But I think that's the first step, and then being open to other ideas and processing mm-hmm. them. And, so and, maybe yeah. when you when you when you hear a piece of information or meet a person that uh, yeah whatever, um, no when you have a knee jerk reaction to reject this person or this piece of information, to take a step back and maybe have an extra much of an open mind at that point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's something that I think about in relation to this is, and it, it depends on the context. Like sometimes it's just something out there and you don't have to deal with it. You can say, I'm not going to mess with that. But I think especially in close relationships, I think it's important for us to to listen to the other perspective. Mm-hmm. And especially like you said, Derek, if, you, if you're like, whoa, I don't agree with that, then then to be like, well, what, what don't I agree, agree with? I mean, why don't I agree with that? Or what's, what's making mm-hmm. me just really reject that mm-hmm. on, on its uh-huh. face? And then I think part of that is, or, or of doing that well, is listening well enough that you can articulate that person's point and try uh-huh. to, I mean, maybe, maybe you, you don't need to be dishonest about something, but try to see if you can articulate that point back to them and and see if you're if you're understanding them correctly. Listen to understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Two of the mm-hmm. things I I was seeing in doing some studying on this is ways to combat confirmation bias is one to ask try to ask neutral questions. Try not to assign too much right away. Um, try to ask some neutral questions and also a little bit what you were saying, Brad, of play devil's advocate a bit. Um, I mean, you don't have to convince yourself that your point of view is wrong necessarily because you do have to have beliefs and know what you stand for but to be okay with um doing the work of trying to prove the other side and see how it shakes out with what Mm -hmm. you believe Mm -hmm. i like what you said about neutral questions because when a person when you're say you're having a eh, debate or conversation with someone and you try to give them gotcha questions and Mm, uh make them prove themselves wrong just by what they said Mm -hmm. i don't i don't think that's i don't think that's healthy but but Uh asking neutral questions Mm -hmm. trying to understand their viewpoint rather than 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 pushing yours Uh and if i'm having just from the side of conversation if i'm having a conversation with someone um like if bart and i have a conversation like we don't agree on everything but so long as i know that bart's or derek Okay, whatever. Sorry, Derek. I know you're fine. <laughs> um, if if I know that he's like actually listening to what I'm saying, and I'm doing my best to actually listen to what he says, then I don't super care that much whether we agree. Because then we can once we have that starting point of caring about respecting the other person, then you can from there you can just have a good conversation, and maybe you'll shake out the same place, and maybe you won't. But that's how you can exchange ideas and actually become a better person by. Um, hearing viewpoints you don't always agree with. Mm-hmm. And at that point, the threat is out of the room. Yeah. Like you're True. not in that yep. same, I, at least I can sometimes go into this kind of like threatened response. Like I think that kind of like what you were talking about, Derek, like asking the gotcha questions, like kind of the attack 
the fight or flight mode, I guess. And when you know that the other person is actually hearing you and caring about you, mm-hmm. that takes that lessens that at least, and you're in a better place to work together. And even if you don't agree, to be a better team. And because often the other like your opponent as such or whoever you don't agree with often has some of the truth. Right. Mm-hmm. Not always, but often more than we like to admit, mm-hmm. they have yeah. some of the truth and we don't have all of it. That, like, was, that was something I thought of thinking about confirmation biases is find the truth in the other side, other statement, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe, maybe there are rare cases where there's nothing there, but almost always there's, there's, it's based on something. Mm-hmm. And if you can figure out that then you at least know kind of the core of it or you can you can say well they're you know that's why they're coming at it from this direction or whatever Mm -hmm. go ahead brandon and i would say as far as it relates to relationships confirmation bias like if you're writing someone off because of your opinion of them that completely makes so that you're not going to be able to enjoy relationship with them probably if you give them a chance even if you still, at the end of the day, don't agree with the way they operate, it at least gives you an opportunity to find the common ground and have a good relationship, um, at least even if it's just a casual relationship. I mean, maybe you're not going to be deep best friends forever, but that way you can at least have a starting point of finding the common ground instead of focusing on the things that you just have in your head that you know you don't agree with them on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's good because, um, yeah, that, that's what I was hearing from Brad is finding the truth in the other, in the other person's argument is basically yeah pushing for finding common ground rather mm-hmm. than like Brandon said, looking for the, looking for the places where you disagree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I th- I've really enjoyed this discussion. Are there? Yeah. I think it's about time to wrap it up. Are there ways you would summarize? what we've talked about or um, key takeaways for you? I think maybe what I'm hearing some of is you need to have beliefs that you know you believe and know that they're true, but then don't always give yourself the benefit of the doubt. Be willing to doubt yourself a little in exchange for letting an idea that you distrust have a little bit more um, of a foothold so you can you can actually engage with it and see if you um, can learn something from it and take some of the, the truth takeaways from it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. And yep. for the purpose of being stronger yourself and stronger together, rather uh-huh. not for the purpose of just being wishy-washy or, yeah. Right. Yeah, or accepting falsehood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think the thing that was brought up uh, that I didn't think about super much beforehand was the relationship aspect of it is why this is so important is because of the people that we're close to and are and act, interact with on a daily basis or whatever are that's why this is this, this is important i mean we we can there's things that are just out there information that's out there and that's well that that affects us some too but i think we need to the relationship aspect of this is where is is one thing that's really important mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, thanks for that question, Brandon, and I think that's all for Open for Debate. Welcome to the Kind of Spicy segment. 
So, Derek, I think it's your turn to go first. Okay, well, welcome back. Um, I am going to talk briefly about the global chip shortage. And I'm sure there's some in our audience that know more about this than than I do, but I knew I knew a little bit about it. I knew that it was the cause of some delays in new automobiles and such. You might be overestimating the size of our audience. I don't know. So I have no idea. We're not talking about potato chips, apparently. Yes, good point. Okay. These are semiconductors or computer chips or whatever you want to call them, but basically gotcha. they're the thing that thinks in the computer well not exactly they do a lot of thinking and not really wait so they do do thinking or they don't do thinking i don't know i'm confused. confusing myself but basically we need them it's one, way. it's one of those words you just don't mess with it's like it's just a chip that's all you need to know about it's it it's computer chip it's important but we use them in everything like from phones to credit cards to the most powerful computer to the most basic little component of anything has so a computer chip in it is to that control the, some aspect of it are they those little green boards like the motherboard or something that you find in everything or not think, so much no that is the circuit board the I'm semiconductor sorry, landon. landon is just laughing the fact laughing that our producer just dissolved i'm displaying my ignorance to our producer i'm so sorry yeah i wish i could describe better what a chip is but Derek gets 30 seconds and then the rest of us just take it way off the rails at this point. <laughs> yeah. It's like, wait a minute, who's going to talk about this? Um, yeah, anyway, so there's a shortage. Go ahead. There's a shortage of them. My bad. And uh, so I I was interested in this and why it is and like, is it just the normal supply chain? Well, okay, this is supply chain issues is not normal either. And there's a lot of that going on. But I was like, is this just a part of that or is there more to it? But apparently, there's a couple things that play into this. Well, first of all, the coronavirus pandemic kind of started this snowball. And that, uh, the other thing is the China-United States trade war, at least according to Wikipedia, has Mm -hmm. caused some of this. Basically, the U.S. putting restrictions on or, or tariffs on Chinese goods, thus making it cost prohibitive to get it from China. Therefore, you get it from somewhere else. But the plants of these these chip plants in other places are already working at their max capacity. Mm. And that's the other thing is these plants, you think, well, just build more plants. You know, people go into business building more computer chips. That'd be great. Except these things take quite a few years to build and they're super expensive and there's a lot that goes on in these things like they're super clean these plants Mm. are super clean and you got to have ultra clean water oh that's the other thing so there was a drought or there is was i don't remember what the what the status is on it in taiwan which is one of the other places besides china where Mm. you get a lot of these things we get a lot of goods from them if China's not an option, you go to Taiwan because it's kind of similar, I guess. And they had a drought, which caused the supply of clean water to these, like super clean water to these places to be interrupted to some extent. Uh, trying to think of if there's any other factors in this. The other thing was 
the other thing was is that the with the coronavirus pandemic people were um ordered to be in their homes ordered not to go to work whatever all and they needed newer computers better computers in their homes they needed webcams they needed uh a lot of hardware to be able to function in their professional capacity or just whether it was professional or just recreational capacity in their own home they needed a lot of hardware which is everything has chips computer chips and all that in it so there was an increased demand i think for electronics in the u.s was up like 20 some percent in the last year over the previous year wow oh wow oh the other thing is is all the bitcoin mining which don't ask me to explain that but it uses a lot of computer what serious what bitcoin mining i just didn't know bitcoin mining had anything to do with it well apparent so that's just another little factor because of the demand for uh, a lot of high-powered computer hardware obviously to do this i mean like computers and servers Mm. and massive Mm. stuff uses a lot of these uh, components that's so interesting so all this all this comes together to make the perfect storm to create a massive chip shortage and you may be thinking well this doesn't affect me i'm not planning to upgrade my computer super soon or uh, my phone works fine or my vehicles are great but this is before you just go and say that it it it's already affected each one of us because it's affecting the cost of used vehicles mm-hmm. because new vehicles aren't coming on the market. Partly be- the vehicle market is awful. I bought a car. <laughs> yeah. Like my brother just bought great. a truck. Oh my goodness. <laughs> what a nightmare. <clears throat> anyway, I'd like to buy a truck, but there we, here we sit. <laughs> Wait, don't you already have two of them? <laughs> well, I want a better one. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it, it, that, that is just one aspect. It affects us. Uh, last year, if you wanted a new graphics card for your computer, good luck. You're gonna you're gonna work for every bit of it because you're gonna look and look and you're gonna beg and maybe you'll get one, maybe you won't. Hmm. Um, I think that's kind of what I got on that. Any wow. questions? Yeah, no, that is interesting. So, do they know how long the shortage will last? Like, are they saying anything about? Yeah. I don't know exactly. I read somewhere. Could last a couple of years yet. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah, I, honestly, back, back to the used car market thing. I sold a used car for the company I work for. So, like, it wasn't my personal mm-hmm. vehicle. But, honestly, the way that, like, sold so well, I was tempted to sell my own car. But then I wouldn't have a car. <laughs> and I knew I'd have to buy another yeah. car. Well, everything's so expensive. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. This is giving me hope for selling mom and dad's old minivan because... Maybe I'll get better prices on it. I don't know. Yeah. It's a good it's a it's definitely a seller's market. Yeah. Which I don't know if the chip shortage is the only reason for that. It's really it's not the only reason, but it it does play a big factor. It's a factor, factor. yeah. Okay, so we just have something in on the on the chat from our producer that the black piece on a motherboard is the chip. Is that right? Or on the circuit board. Can we call it a circuit board if we keep calling a motherboard, I might freak. No, I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm getting all my terminology wrong, but Yep. So there's a chip on there. Is that right, Landon? 
but it's not the whole green thing. So that is I was it safe to it say be. is it safe to say that pretty much anything somewhat complex electronically, like anything outside of just like a light bulb and that sort of thing, will probably have a chip. Yeah, most likely. Safe to say. Like does a toaster have a chip? Everybody's we don't know. Mm. Everybody's looking at the producer for answers. I kind of <laughs> doubt it. Like, like that, that doesn't seem... Okay. But okay. like a microwave would, for sure. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. So things with, like, buttons, usually. Like, complex buttons or whatever. Yeah, probably. A screen? Oh, okay. Things with a screen. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Interesting. So, in other words... So, do you have any, like, suggested course of action? Should we all start, like... Hmm, good question. Doing a certain thing well, or just kind of... I was going to... Oh, this, this, that reminds this me of what I was going to say is I would encourage everybody, don't be like... Don't go around being worried about this. Don't go moping around and don't think that you have to do something about it. I would say that just be mindful of it and be ready for the effects of it. Mm-hmm. The world seems to be changing and just be aware yeah, maybe now is not the time to upgrade all your cars and computers and everything, if you can help it. Yeah, or or maybe if you need it, go ahead and yeah, try it. But right. you might pay through your nose for it. Yeah, you might. Breaking yeah. news: some toasters do have chips. So there you go. Oh, okay. Nice. Wow, this. super impressed. Awesome. <laughs> well, thanks, Derek. That was interesting. What do you have, Brad? Okay, for my kind of spicy, I'm going to play something for you to listen to. Okay. It's just like un this is unprecedented territory for us, isn't it? Yeah, we're it gets some audio. Island, 1933. Okay, so the, the content there was not the important part. Okay. Um, a while ago, it sounded really cool. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. A while ago, I was listening to an audiobook, and they had they played some snippets um, of old training films for the armed forces. And I was like, why do they all sound like that? Why did, why did those clips sound like that? Why do, you know, the old movies and the old radio shows or whatever, they all sound the same? Like... Mm-hmm. What is it about mm-hmm. this? So I it's literally even the same like background music. It seems like right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Actually, oh, that reminds me. That was a third factor. Thank you, Brandon. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> um, so, so I did a little research, and it's not like really deep, but I thought I'd I'd uh, tell you a little bit of what I found here. Um, I think there are kind of three factors to why they. There might be way more. I don't know, but I came up with three kind of key factors. One is the the music, the background music. I, I don't know if it's just kind of an era thing or what, but it seems like. Very similar things are played often in these. Mm-hmm. Um, another is just the technology. Um, apparently, the they couldn't it couldn't pick up bass very well, and so I think people I think they were told to talk a little bit higher, which seems weird to me because often when I hear this, it almost seems like they're lower. So I don't know if the mm. technology did something to make it sound. But anyway, it all sounds very similar in uh, often kind of crackly. But beyond that, even just kind of the the voices or whatever, it just seems it sounds very uh-huh. similar. It's a little more nasally, like yeah, kind of talking through their nose almost, mm-hmm. like it sounds and a like little it. bit like an auctioneer tone or something. Yeah, I could see that. So you're saying the way it warps the sound was well, kind of I, similar. I suspect that. I don't. I, I can't prove that, but I think I think that factored into to some of this. And I, what I'd like to do is be able to hear how those people talked outside of 
of their their media or whatever. Oh, yeah. Like, did it sound oh, the same oh, or gotcha. what? What did it sound mm-hmm. like? Anyway, so that would that would be interesting to be able to do that. Um, but then I came across this what they called it's a certain accent. It was called the either transatlantic or mid-Atlantic ac- accent, and it was sort of a combination of British and American English accent. Hmm. And people mm. were actually taught this, like it was it was Dude. kind of. I think it sort of was the way that the um, upper class people, especially on the East Coast, talked. But mm. then this was kind of taught in schools. Like they actually there was like books about how you're supposed to talk like this. And somehow oh. I don't know how that bled. Probably because it was the upper class, but that bled into the the entertainment industry. And so that's how people talk for this. That was how they were trained to talk. Um, so it wasn't you, their native accent it was just no and it's wow. it's like it's not even a natural one it's not no. like you know you came from here and you talk uh-huh. like this it's something that they were trained in hmm. which yeah. if you listen to that you can definitely hear like british and american exactly tones. i never thought of that before but that's yeah. really interesting it is and they, you call it a what a mid-atlantic mid-atlantic or transatlantic okay uh, basically oh, a combination cool. of yeah, the two sides sense. of the atlantic um so the the three things about the accent there, there's probably more to it but um one is drop the r um, another one is emphasize the T, so really stress the T's, and then soften the vowels. And don't ask me to talk this. I'm not no good at accents or whatever, mm. but if you want to look it up, you can hear people trying to talk this uh-huh. um, mm-hmm. online. And it, it that's, oh, wow. that's, that's, that is kind of the main things, those three things. But Now mm-hmm. I really want to hear the clip again because I want to see it. Okay, I can play it again if sound. y'all are like, in that. Maybe notice wow, more things. That's really fascinating. I would not have... Hmm. announcers introduces what he calls a little peach from a Broadway show. The peach poses as radio gets called everything from gag to gadget, at best a plaything and a fad. But fate is to make radio a power in a world of peace and war. Hmm. Herbert <laughs> yeah. Hoover. Yeah. Get on some sweet music there. Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. That's really fascinating. See, okay. He didn't say power. He said power. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, he also, best, he also like has this best, rhythm. Like do they really... all kind of have that rhythmic, like, yeah, like, almost like a, a preacher rhythm yeah. or something? Mm-hmm. It's very soothing to my ears. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, it just like makes you feel like you're back. I mean, I've never been in the fifties, but it sounds so. Well, cool. it sounds like the twenties and thirties to me. It, yeah. I think it kind of started in the twenties. It's kind of between the world wars, actually. Oh, okay, mm-hmm. but so yeah. Huh. Anyway, you were starting to say something. Oh well, this this is interesting to me because I was always told that they. Back in the day, they talked this way because the radio, the, the the broadcast technology was not the microphones, the speakers were not that good. Mm-hmm. So they talked a certain way to overcome that. Okay, and I think I think there were some of those factors because some of what I read was about um, was basically, you know, they I think think yeah was make so that do what they could to make so it would pick it up as as good as possible as well as possible. But mm-hmm. so yeah, I think that definitely factored in, but. Anyway, so that kind of fascinated me. I mean, just like, yeah, it all sounded kind of the same back then, but I didn't really know why. I didn't know what I was listening yeah, to or whatever, there are what the factors were. things so. behind it. That, yeah. Yeah, that is really interesting. So, anyway, that's what I had. Okay, well, I think it's my turn. Uh, do any of you know what the Lockheed U-2 plane is? Say you recognize that? Lockheed U-2, U-2. Don't believe no. heard of it. Okay, no. so I was doing a job for a customer, and it was an older gentleman, and he said that his son was in the Air Force, and he flew 
a U-2 plane and proceeded to, I mean, kind of assumed that I knew what that was and proceeded to tell me other facts and things. And I kind of slowed him down. I was like, I'm not familiar with a U-2 plane. So he explained it to me. It was really fascinating. And I did some research since then. So I'm going to try to tell you a little bit about the Lockheed Martin U-2, nicknamed the Dragon Lady. Okay. So according to Wikipedia, it's an American single-jet engine, high-altitude reconnaissance aircraft operated by the U.S. Air Force and previously flown by the Central Intelligence Agency, or the CIA. It provides day and night, high-altitude, all-weather intelligence gathering. So basically, it's a spy plane that probably as we speak, there's one up somewhere. Wow. And it's been, uh, it's been used since the 50s. Let's see what I can... Uh... Okay, there are my notes. So it operates in... Uh, it's one of a handful of aircraft that have been used continuously since the 50s. And it operates in international airspace at an uh, altitude of 70,000 feet. And the idea is that it doesn't have to fly over the target area because it has such strong cameras and radar that it can stay in kind of on the border and just peer in at what's going on. So it has a radar unit that can see 300 miles inland. Oh, my. And just gather information, and it can live stream that information to anywhere, you know, anywhere to the, the base or whatever. Uh, and another... Well, the thing that really fascinated me about it was not its its spy capabilities, but how hard it is to fly. It is arguably the most difficult plane to fly. And to give you an idea, so much so that, that Mythbusters tested this claim in 2015, and the, the claim that it's the most difficult plane to fly, and found it to be plausible. They didn't have a consensus for sure, but it's it's possible that it is. Whether or not it's the most difficult, it is very difficult. Right, Exactly. So it's essentially built like a glider, and so it has really, you know, a very wide wingspan and is built for high altitudes, and so at higher altitudes, the air is much thinner, so you need a lot more lift to keep keep the plane up, mm -hmm. and this causes it to be really hard to land because at lower altitude, the air is thicker, and the thing just doesn't want to land, essentially. Oh, snap. So oh. what that... What that causes is a need for the pilot to bring it in, and it's it since it's very it's built very lightweight, and because of its glider tendencies and its light, you know how lightweight it is, it's very um, vulnerable to crosswinds when landing. So it just kind of wants to float around down mm -hmm. there, and the pilot essentially has to bring it in to about two feet off the ground, and then intentionally drop it, like stall it out, and hmm. oh, he can't. Whoa, it's not ideal. Right, but he here's here's the catch. He has to drop it from about two feet off the ground, but he can't drop it from much higher than that, or the landing gear won't sustain the weight of the aircraft. Because the, think lightweight here. The whole thing yeah. is built around the premise of keeping everything as as lightweight as possible. Along those lines, there are two sets of wheels instead of three. So you have to land a bicycle with wings. What? And drop it from two feet. That's off the a ground. terrible idea. Okay, now that you mentioned that, I have seen videos You've of them this? landing. Okay, it's it's really cool. That's it's very fascinating. Awful. Wait, what happens once you come to a stop? Okay, I'll, you I'll fall get there. Over? I'll get there. So, 
so basically the the whole two i think the two-wheel concept is just to like conserve weight mm-hmm. so when they're taking off they have these two little what they call pogos it's essentially training wheels or you know just little sticks on the end of the wings <laughs> with with wheels on them and that's what keeps the thing level um so they have four points of contact you know two in the middle mm-hmm. and two on the wings and that's what keeps it level while they're taking off as soon as it takes off those just fall off they're um they're made to fall off as soon as they take off okay and then the land you know the ground crew picks them up and reuse them when it's coming in for a landing they don't have those and so because it's so hard to land they will have a u2 plane pilot drive behind the plane in a car and coach basically coach the pilot in because it uh, it is so hard to tell what's going on because it's very it's very low visibility in the cockpit, mm-hmm. and this heart, this plane is a beast to wrestle in because it's designed that at higher altitudes uh, that the controls are designed for higher altitudes with thinner mm-hmm. air. You everything is more responsive. You can move things easily when you bring that into a thicker air. You know, into lower altitude, it takes a great amount of physical force actually to get the response you need from the air you're basically uh well according to wikipedia there's a quote it takes a great deal of physical strength a great deal of physical strength is needed to operate the controls sorry I slaughtered the quote but essentially mm-hmm. you need to do extreme motions with the controls to get response out of the thing because it doesn't have uh, does not have a power assisted control system Oh, so again, to I assume, conserve weight. Probably. Right, again, to conserve, I assume. Mm-hmm. How so, have we not come up with a better option at this point? Okay, but but think of it this way. Once you get the thing up to 70,000 feet, it's great. It's a dream because everything works well and the thing is lightweight. I'm sure it's like way more fuel efficient than if it was a heavy aircraft. It's it's designed to stay in the air, essentially. Maybe it's because of our chip shortage, but it seems like you could use some electronics <laughs> yeah. to figure out how to make that work. Like, couldn't you yeah, make, like, yeah. have a power-assisted control where it's like, when it's higher altitude, they get like less sensitive or whatever, and then when it's lower, they're more sensitive that the, I, you only had to move it a little bit well, and it really adjusts? The thing is, in the 50s, they might have had a chip shortage, too. I don't know. So, oh, this was built back in This was built like, back oh, in the... Oh, oh, I think the ones back in... Back in so I don't remember great. for sure, but I think the ones in service now were maybe built in the 80s, so maybe it was a little more Okay, well, that's recent. making but a whole lot more sense. It's older like, technology. ancient. It's older technology, but it takes a, a lot of skill to to run the thing. But it apparently it still pays off if they're if they're flying them. So I was, um, yeah, I was really intrigued with the whole uh, pilot driving the car behind the aircraft. Yeah, and so the, some of the vehicles they use for for that are like the Mustang, Camaro, Chargers, or Pontiac G8. Some of these um, more awesome. Um, cars that you know would get you some guts to to get up and go after this plane so mm-hmm. if you if you you should you should google it and watch videos of this but basically this if you watch on on youtube or whatever the plane will come in and when it's i don't know i'm not good at judging distances but you know 20 30 feet off the off the runway the car comes hauling around the corner behind it and just just drives up right behind it and and you'll hear audio of the of the um pilot in the car coaching the other pilot just giving him basically just giving him feet readings like Mm -hmm. you know five four two two and then set down or whatever it is like basically just telling him how how high off the ground he is Mm -hmm. in real time so it's i think it's kind of fun to watch so what 
Oh, go ahead. What happens? The ground crew like drives along beside them and like hops out and on yeah. the plane wing and sticks some wheels. So underneath it, it does what? have. It's made of aluminum. The plane's made of aluminum, and it's actually uh, the wings are. I don't know if I don't think it's the whole wing necessarily. I don't know this, but a larger part of the wing is milled out of one piece of metal rather than having um, sheet metal riveted together. But so most of it's made out of aluminum, but it does have titanium skid plates on the ends of the wings. So when it comes in. It just kind of so it like, just slides. It, it just falls over. Slides to landing. But but then yeah. once once it's stopped, then the landing crew comes out and puts those pogo sticks this on and taxis in. After a while. <laughs> yeah, it's Which, so lightweight that it doesn't matter. Those those it's like can flying a paper airplane. Right. The wingtips can hit I the ground so. and it's fine. The I I didn't get this. I was looking to see if uh, this was online anywhere. But the customer I was working for was telling me about this. Claimed that when it's landing, like when it's before it quite gets stopped and it falls over, guys will run out and catch the wings. I didn't see anywhere online that said that, but that could be too. I don't know. That sounds really hard to do, but hey, I'm gonna. Yeah, I don't... actually, that seems okay. If it's going super slow, at I guess that point, if it's really, really light, maybe it can balance for a long time. That's the thing. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. Oh, also, the reason they, I think, isn't the reason they, they drop it and stall it is basically because if they would gently land it would actually just kind of bounce off and lift back up is that is I don't that know. the idea i don't know that uh that could be hmm. which they kind of have to do i mean that's the idea behind any plane landing is that you kind of have to stall the thing at some point mm-hmm. but i took it that this is just you just kind of have to stall it a little it's higher more pronounced and, more yeah, violent and harder to do right so this was another thing I found interesting. Uh, so there's a there's a fleet of about thirty planes, plus four. Uh, okay, these are the single pilot planes, but there's four aircraft that have two seats in them to use to train pilots, and the airframes may still be flying through the year 2040 or even 2050, because once the plane gets up high, the stress on the craft is low. Hmm. So oh, wow, that's probably why they're still using them partially. But it sounds like they could go a while yet because I guess they're well-designed enough to fly at high altitudes that once they get up there, um, there's pretty low low stress on the thing. So Anyway, that's my but, kind of spicy. Any more questions? Yeah, I like, should we move on? I think you get a prize, Kristen, because I think this is the first time I've written down anything on the kind of spicy stuff. And I have so many questions about this thing. <laughs> okay. I'll try wow. to take all night here. Like, okay, so... It's cool that they could do this, especially back then. Like, I think that's really fascinating that they figured this out. What did you say, in the 50s? Uh, yeah, I think it was mid-50s, maybe. I don't so have the date on That's here. impressive. But it baffles me that we haven't come up with something better. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. part of me, I just thought of this. Like, did they do they need manned spy planes? Like, mm-hmm. why are we sending people up there? You know, and I'm not saying they don't. I don't know much about the whole spy thing but um anyway so yeah like the technology is pretty cool and yet in some ways it seems like couldn't we come up with something better now mm-hmm. um anyway so i don't know yeah i don't know the answer to that question but like i would guess part of it is just the high altitude okay. segment like if you are gonna get something unmanned oh you can probably get high altitude unmanned stuff but i, I was just thinking like drones or that kind of thing mm-hmm. maybe wouldn't function as well at high altitudes i don't know I'm just making that up. Hmm. But. So we're talking, I mean, this isn't satellite 70,000 70, feet is 
is about twice as high as a commercial jet, roughly. Also, I would just also guess that we probably have no idea what all the military flies these days. Oh, so I'm sure they have way, like, right. they're often way ahead in technology. So I would not be surprised if they have something super much better, betterist <laughs> by now. It's my More guess. gooder? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure too. So another question. This goes more to the spy side of things, which you weren't talking about, but I'm going to. Okay. Um, what information do they gather from up there? Well, I don't know because I'm not in the military and I didn't research that a lot. But like anytime there are there's a conflict like Afghanistan or Iraq or whatever, there's or maybe now it would be Russia or China. I don't know where all the hotspots are, but they're they're basically just keeping an eye on what's going on. Um, I guess it's preventive maintenance. I don't know. But what can you see from that high? I mean, what, Apparently do they a use lot. some sort of technology to be able to, like, they're up that high, so they're way, I mean, they're undetectable, probably, or more or less. Essentially. Well, isn't it, didn't you say radar? So it'd be probably right. so like tracking okay. movements right. of, like, radar was, troops slash mm-hmm. um, ammo, hotspots, sure. whatever, I don't know. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. And it's also the kind of thing where they can... This is another thing I thought was interesting. They can send information via satellite to the the ground, wherever, but they can also send it direct, I think, from the plane without having to even use a satellite link. And so that's not answering your question, but like they have basically they can get info on about anywhere and they can keep it undercover. So <laughs> Wow. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Any other questions or it's Brandon's turn, I guess. Oh, very interesting. Okay. Go ahead. So, I have a food slice here. Uh, no pun intended. But mm-hmm. we do have... Okay, so this, I found this story really interesting. So, Disneyland is opening back up um, and it's in the process of kind of ramping things back up again. So, in California, they're opening a new restaurant, which is called... Let me find the name here. It is Peem Test Kitchen. I think it's Peem, P-Y-M. Is that how you say it? No idea. Your guess is I'm gonna, I'm mine. Go I don't know. Kitchen. Um, and they have a new sandwich, and it's a really interesting sandwich. It's a panini um, bread with salami, rosemary, ham, provolone, and sun-dried tomato spread on toasted focaccia, along with a marinara dipping sauce, potato bites, and an argula salad. I'm going to say I pretend I said that right, which I probably didn't. But the really interesting part about this sandwich is that it's a fast food sandwich and it costs $100. What? It's literally a $100 fast food sandwich, which obviously it's a little bit probably publicity stunt um, to have a sandwich that expensive. Hold it. Um, but it does feed six to eight people. Oh. So it's a gigantic... Um, they show a picture of a dude holding it on like a cookie sheet so it's like flatbread ish so you can kind of cut it up whatever okay that's Um, next level that it actually looks amazing like it looks really 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 good um you guys should go out and google it but it's it does look pretty sweet it's got all the layers of meat and cheese and just kind of a nice toasted layer on there um but disney's kind of aiming for more I guess get it for the gram type food. So they're trying to kind of ramp up and make the food really look immaculate mm. Um, mm, versus okay. just making it taste good. But it did beg the question by my mind, what's the most you've ever spent on like for a meal at a restaurant? 
Or maybe but, not you personally, but you've been there. Like, what's like, the most expensive? A f- fast food meal or just any no, meal? No. Okay, oh, so okay. This, is, this is fast food, but obviously you're not spending $100 on fast food. I hope not. Um, hey, I've got a family. I guess I, I was trying to think. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. True. I guess I can go first. At that point. I was yeah, trying go to ahead. think what mine was, and it wasn't actually me personally spending the money, but when I was on Spanish class trip, we went to El Salvador, and the last night there... Uh, we still had a lot of money left over, and we wanted to do something kind of special. So we went to a steakhouse down there. Um, I mean, it wasn't a steakhouse, but it was a it was an American restaurant, and it was just like get whatever you want. So I think I had like wings and ribs and shrimp and mozzarella sticks or something like that. I mean, I didn't oh, eat wow. really all of it, but you could try a whole bunch of different stuff. And I think our total bill was like five hundred bucks for how many people? Did you have? Um, it was like the area of. 18 maybe 1820 something like that it was like expensive but it's also it was in el salvador so i don't know that's it's expensive as it would have been here or something so that's probably the most i'm guessing that's the most expensive meal i've been at a restaurant but i don't know do you guys have any ideas what yours would be ballpark hmm. oh, i'm gonna oh, guess man. mine was fairly recently actually i was in virginia visiting my sister and we went to a little seafood place that had like oysters and fish and i think they had fish it was mostly an oyster place i think but yeah they had different different seafood stuff and i think our bill for the two of us was 80 or 85 bucks that's probably about the most i've spent i honestly don't know i mean i would guess it's just been in the like yeah 20 25 buck range for Mm-hmm. per person or whatever mm-hmm. i can't even think what it would have been like i don't eat out that terribly much and i try to keep it sort of low cost <laughs> when i do so i might have had something i'm not you thinking have a of, family but, as yeah stated I earlier. Have a family <laughs> <laughs> yeah i always i always think of it on a per plate basis so uh-huh. but i would think maybe 20 30 bucks per plate i don't know which if you actually consider it feeding six to eight people if you go with like eight people that's twelve fifty a person, which it comes with some sides and stuff. So it's not, not it actually doesn't sound like you that's, can also get a smaller size of the sandwich for fifteen bucks. It's just because it's so like massive that they make it a hundred dollars. So it's and not this is that Southern crazy. California. I mean, it's where Disneyland is at in California. Yeah, I'm sorry, so, yeah. I don't have any and, idea. I'm gonna. I'm where I imagine it to be. So. And everything's <laughs> oh, yeah. more expensive there, so I would say it's yeah. pretty reasonable. Yeah, actually. Well, it actually doesn't yeah. sound so bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for. Being able to split between six or eight people, like you but said, it is kind of a cool headline good. to have it be a hundred dollar sandwich. Yeah. In case you're in case you're curious, like I was, um, Market Watch is where I found that article about it. But they also um, they said, oh, and the actual most expensive sandwich in the world um, from the Guinness Book of World Records goes to um, two hundred and fourteen dollar sandwich, which is called the quintessential grilled cheese oh. from Serendipity Three in New York, and it is made with champagne and oh. gold flakes. People. So I'm kind of oh, surprised wow. it's not more than that, honestly. Like 200 but, bucks, but that's but one it's a person sandwich, right? But well, yeah, but, uh, but for a world rec- record, can't you kind of do what you want and like just? Well, this is true, I guess. Or yeah, maybe okay, maybe it's like, like that they regularly menu, charge. Yeah. yeah, okay, regularly charge that. Yeah. Wow, that's a lot of. So you're eating gold. Yeah, is it that even gold remotely flakes. good? I don't know. Seems how that like even a works. poor investment. So now. <laughs> yeah, why would you want to eat that? <laughs> don't try this at home. <laughs> you like just take the sandwich and then pick it apart and take all the gold <laughs> flakes. Actually, there's <laughs> other food with I, gold in it. I just have this yeah, like there is. I just have this like image of some man on the. St- I mean, some 
person just buying one of these sandwiches, putting it in a gold pan, and like swishing it around out on the <laughs> oh, sidewalk. My. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's an interesting yeah. mental picture. So maybe we just need to take the podcast on the road sometime and go try it out because it looks really good, actually. Like I would, I would do it. I think for an experience, like if you had six to eight people to share it with, oh yeah, because it looks yeah. like a really well, it's good only, sandwich. What is it? Fifteen bucks per person. If you is do it, eight, it's like twelve fifty. But it's you're probably not going to actually. And it be able comes to feed with a. Eight, it comes with some other stuff too, right? Is yeah, that included so in the hundred bucks? On the picture, it, he's like holding like the sandwich on a plate, and then there's a salad on the side, and marinara dipping sauce, and potato bites. So it's not like a lot of extra stuff. Like right. it doesn't look like it would actually really completely feed six to eight people. Mm-hmm. But I mean, but depending what you get at like some fast food restaurants, you can pay over yeah you can pay 12 50 or 15 bucks oh, you yeah. get, for you one can get two of them and you, then you still only be paying like 20 bucks which if you're at disneyland that's probably very reasonable so. yeah mm-hmm. anyway that's what i got nice cool okay well i think that's it for kind of spicy can we just take a moment to appreciate how good a fry pie is sure i think we should i mean you just bite into it and it just melts in your mouth it is amazing i was recently at an auction and i hadn't had anything to eat that evening yet and the farmstead pastries was selling fry pies there and it was fantastic it just hit the spot (sighs) the farmstead pastries is an in-home bakery that provides donuts fry pies and cinnamon rolls they are typically open every other friday from 6 a.m until they sell out they also cater pastries for special events like the auction i attended you can find them on Instagram and Facebook at The Farmstead Pastries. Go check them out. It's time for Fact or Fiction, Florida Man Edition. Welcome to Fact or Fiction. This is our first game show on the podcast. How you all feeling about that? Let's go. I'm excited. Okay. Stoked. So, you've probably all heard of... Florida Man headlines. If you haven't, I'm going to tell you briefly what they are. Basically, people in Florida do weird things sometimes, and then they make headlines, and you just read a headline that goes something like, Florida Man, whatever, does this and this, or is arrested for something, and it's just crazy stuff. So I have compiled a list of Florida Man headlines with a list of fake Florida Man headlines. So I'm going to give you... Two of them at a time, and you have to pick which one is the real headline and which one is the fake one. So your guess will be for the real thing. Okay. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. Sounds good. So, and you will, uh, okay, how this will work is I will read the question or read read both headlines, and then you can have a little chance to discuss it amongst yourselves, but each of your scores are individual. And then once you are done deciding your guess, then you will, we will take turns saying your answers and you will get points, one point for each one you get right. And whoever has the most points at the end of the game wins. Okay, cool. Any just, questions? Just to clarify, are you saying that there will be one true one and one false one each time? That's correct. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Do we get team names? Okay, is your, that's fine. Is your team name Rana Miller? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> We're sure, like, you can have a team name. I don't care. U2's for life? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Never mind. I'm going to forget that. your team name. Sure. <laughs> Skip that. That's okay. Okay. You ready? Yes. Here we go. First set. Number one. Florida man arrested for trying to scare kids by taking six-foot python on playground. 
Number two. Florida man caught trying to smuggle dead alligator in car. Oh my. Which oh, one wow. is the oh, real okay. thing? Wow. To me. I mean, they both sound very on par for the Florida virus. I mean, isn't the alligator one, doesn't that just happen every day? Does that even make headlines? Well, I don't know. I mean, I don't but know. That's my impression. That's pretty, it's pretty noteworthy anyway. Oh, man. Huh. Oh, boy. Why would you have a dead alligator in your car? I'm going to do some weird stuff, though. So, I don't know. Wow, that is kind of crazy. Hmm. Man, I don't know. Okay, I got my answer. Go. I, I know where I'm going. I got it, yep. You good, Brad? I, I'm good, yeah. Okay. Go ahead, Brandon. Okay, I don't remember which number it was. <laughs> the the first one, the the python on the playground, I think. Okay. You think that's the real thing? Yeah, I think that's the okay. real thing. I'm going with the dead alligator one. Okay. I'm also an alligator. Oh, okay. Snap. And the answer is... Number two, the dead alligator yes. in the car. Okay, wait, I didn't know that was illegal, though. That's why I went with that one. I was like, is that actually illegal to have a dead... Oh, wow, okay. So Brad and I'm, Derek each got I'm that. down from the count from the beginning. Oof. Well, you've got a chance to catch up, because here's the next set. Number one, Florida man pauses police chase to rehydrate with stolen Capri Sun, says smoking crack makes him thirsty. Number two... <coughs> Florida man ends high-speed chase in front of donut shop and tries to bribe police with pastries. <laughs> they both oh sound goodness. entirely possible again. I'm like, what? <laughs> wow. Okay. Let me think this through here. Would it be possible to read both of those again? Yeah, let's sure. try it again. Okay. Oh, my goodness. This is awful. Number one. Florida man pauses police chase to rehydrate with stolen Capri Sun, says smoking crack makes him thirsty. Number two. Florida man ends high-speed chase in front of donut shop and tries to bribe police with pastries. See, the first one goes oh over the top. Goodness. Like, he's actually saying that smoking crack makes him thirsty. Like, that sounds made up. It does sound kind of fake. I like but the other one's so on the dot. Like, pastries for the cops. I mean, okay. Oh, man. Man, if I had a chance to vote for both true, like, I'm <laughs> exactly. like, surely someone has tried both of those. Like, what? Uh, okay. Okay. I, okay. You all good? Do we? Uh, do you want numbers or do you want the description? Uh, numbers would be great. Okay. Cool. Do you remember sure. which is which? Number one was the man thirsty. Okay. Number two was the uh, chase the... ended in front of the donut shop. Yeah. Okay. I'm okay. Good. I'm good. All right, Brad. You get to start okay. with your guess this time. I'm going with the thirsty guy. Okay. Smoking crack. I'm going with the first one. Now I want to change my answer, but I'm just going number one because that's the only, I think that has to be true. And the answer is number one. Good. I was like, there's no way you made that one. I know. Up. That's where I, I went to. It's like, what do you think of all of those details? That's just a little too specific, but man. So, yeah. Wow. That one was a crazy deal. So, here's the next set. Number one Florida man kicked off flight for rapping into microphone during safety briefing. number two florida man steals bees because he thought they were quote abandoned oh man oh if it's easier to just go by the description that's fine don't worry about the numbers that's probably just as easy can you read them again number one florida man kicked off flight for rapping into microphone during safety briefing (laughs) number two Florida man steals bees because he thought they were, quote, abandoned. See, here's the problem. Those are both very specific. I'm like, I you know. made one of those I up. know. That's I what like, gets who me. thought of that? This is awful. Okay. I know what I'm doing because I want that one to be true. So, <laughs> uh, Do you have any inklings, Bart? 
Well, if I would tell you, then you would. Um, man, that is that is. Both are like again. Both are very plausible. Anything can happen in Florida, apparently. I, I think I know which one I want to go for, though. Okay, I'm, give me a I second. Know what my though. answer is. Yeah, I'm good. I'm going okay. out on a limb here. Okay, so it. so Derek, it's your turn to start. Okay, I'm going with the bees, the abandoned bees. Okay. I'm going to hope that there's not very many bees in Florida and it's not stealing beehives is an extra thing. So I'm going with the plane, okay. not the flight. I'm definitely with the rapper because okay. I want that to be true so okay. bad. And the answer is number two, the man who stole bees. Really? Yes. Okay, wow. Snap. And Derek pulls ahead <sighs> with a one-point lead. It's, he's got three, Brad has two, and Brandon look, has one. It's not looking good. Also, we're right halfway here. through? Yep, that was the third. Oh You've my! You've gotten everything right so far, so Derek. So I need to completely win out to beat Derek. Okay, this is awful. Okay, and for the next set, number one, Florida man drives date to sports bar on sto- stolen Walmart mobility scooter. <laughs> <laughs> what? Number two, Florida man assaults his girlfriend with banjo. Tells police she's a quote music hater. Whoa, that's harsh. Whoa. Oh my word! Oh, come on. How did you make these things? I know. <laughs> this is amazing. <laughs> do you live in Florida, Chris? I do not. No, I don't even know very many people. Okay, in so Florida. the first one was the Walmart scooter taking someone on a date with Walmart scooter. Read it again. Okay, number one, Florida man drives date to sports bar on stolen Walmart mobility scooter. Number two, Florida man assaults his girlfriend with banjo. Tells police she's a quote music hater. I'm good. I got it. Lana, give me a number. I need help. (laughs) I got... It's like... I'm trying to think of getting Kristen's head here because like... Yeah. Which is unfair. It's like a reverse psychology. (sighs) I'm trying to think this through. I know what my answer is. Oh, man. I don't yet. Okay. So, Kristen loves music. So... But does that mean he came up with the other one or he just was drawn to it? Man, this is weird. I know it is. This is really weird. This is not about okay. mind reading. I'm just going guessing. with what I want to be true. Yeah, okay. 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 There you go. Okay. Whose turn is it to start? Is that you, it's Brandon? Mine. Yeah. Okay. okay so ahead. the fact that you talked to, called it a mobility scooter <laughs> and also went to a sports bar, that was weirdly specific. So I'm not sure if that makes that more true or, le- <laughs> or less Quit true. Quit being psychological and just answer. I'm just going to say that number one so it's true. The sports bar one. That was a true okay. scooter. Uh, Derek? I'm going with the music hating girlfriend (laughs) so either i'm gonna be like eliminated this round or i'm gonna pull ahead a little bit i'm definitely going with the mobility scooter because okay and the answer is number one let's go florida man who drives his date to a okay bro we still got a chance so let's see brad and derek brad and derek are tied and i won back okay we needed brad and brandon both got points there okay so brad is three derek's three and brandon has two so you can still jump back in brandon in theory because there's only two left right uh yes that is correct okay yep. well okay next set number one florida man disguises himself in bowl costume as he tries to burn down former lover's house with pasta sauce what whoa number, no, two. Rails. number two florida man arrested for beating drag queen with tiki torch while dressed as member of kkk now <laughs> running for mayor 
Well, there's well, a lot of things going on okay, in this. Okay, hold up. How is either one of those even physically um, possibly a real headline? <laughs> Go back. Read those you, again. Read them again? Okay. Okay, we had bull and... Bull, Number one. Bull costume and pasta in one, and then we had KKK, Tiki Torch, and Mayor in the other. Okay. Number one. Florida man disguises himself in bull costume as he tries to burn down former lover's house with pasta sauce. And number two. Florida man arrested for beating drag queen with tiki torch while dressed as member of KKK, now running for mayor. What's a drag queen? It's uh, like a cross-dresser, essentially. Oh, snap. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> any, okay. any guesses? I've got mine. You got yours? Uh, we okay. didn't talk it through. You want me to help you guys talk it through? Yeah, talk, okay, <laughs> hold up. <sighs> okay, so it's pole costume, pasta sauce. <laughs> They're both now. I can't use my like ones oddly specific. Cause they're both very. They're both specific. very specific. That yeah. that kind of throws me off. Hmm. Okay. Well, I just I don't want to talk about it because I don't want to give you guys any clues because I think I'm right. But what if I'm wrong? Mm-hmm. You can always give misinformation, throw them off the scent. Well, I was trying to think of how to do that, but. <laughs> okay, time's up. Okay. Brad, you get the start. What's your guess? Okay, my guess is that the true one is the guy in the KKK costume. Okay. I'm going with the bull costume guy with the pasta sauce. Okay. I just, I'm gonna have to side with Brad on this, so I'm going I'm going the one with the drag queen and KKK or whatever it was. And the answer is both. Oh, oh okay. are you kidding? Both are true headlines. Okay, no wonder. I was like, Kristen didn't come up with either <laughs> I know, one of exactly. Okay, that's a major prank. I, I did not come up with either of those. Those were both true okay. Florida Florida man headlines. So now what happens? So that's just a moot. So right? we're going to say that's a just, a, that's a, just a wash. And Wait, but does that count as one of our six? Yep. So mathematically, I'm eliminated. <laughs> <laughs> You're the worst. <laughs> mathematically, you, you should have kept see. up in the beginning. Well, 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 Candace Man beats game show you host. You can, if you get this right, it'll it'll tie it. If they get it wrong, you but get it right, you, it'll tie if it up. If they vote differently, then I there's no way I can win. Yes. <laughs> see, I told <laughs> That's you. That's true. <laughs> I ran my chances. Uh, we have been voting opposite each other somehow. That's true. Uh, not okay. sure why. <laughs> okay, final set. <clears throat> Number one. Police find nearly a dozen stolen zoo animals in Florida man's apartment. Number two, Florida man gets pinned under fallen tree, begins cutting off his leg instead of branch, then calls EMS. That was a bad life decision. All of the above. Um, Both, yeah, really. (laughs) Hmm. So stolen zoo animals are cutting off leg before calling EMS. I got mine. They're just... I would just about guarantee all of these happened at some point. <laughs> hmm. Um, hmm. Again, it goes to getting into Kristen's mind. Okay, I think I know what I'm going. You ready, Brad? Um, who's starting this time? Yeah, Is who's Derek? starting? It's Derek's 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 first. Starting, okay. And then okay. me? I'm second? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Sounds so good. Okay, I'm ready. Okay. Go okay. for it. Good? Okay, cool. All right. Zoo animals. Okay. I'll also go with zoo animals. Okay. I really think it's the zoo animals, but I have to go with the other one because they do want that. So I'll go with the tree one. Okay. And the answer is 
zoo animals. Oh, so, sad. I actually did that part of your sake, Brandon. Oh, thanks, Brad. <laughs> thanks for letting me in. I was pretty sure it was zoo animals, so I was just not feeling confident. But Okay, so Brad and Derek are tied with a score of four Ooh. out of five, I guess, because one of the questions was, one of the sets was a joke. And Brandon has two. So we have a tie. What do we do? We go to rock, paper, scissors. Do we have a bonus But is there some other way to... A bonus. Hmm. I could get a bonus question, but that would take a little time. So we could just do rock, paper, scissors as well. Landon has a great idea for us. He always does. I think... I think... I think you should guess how long it took me to write up those questions. The fa- the fake ones, and whoever's closest wins. Okay, I'm done. And now for I have that. to figure out how long it took. <laughs> okay. Like, oh wow. You ready? For, you ready for answers? Are we answering like? Yeah, I'm, like, I'm not quite collectively, ready. or are we? I mean, yeah. How like, long collectively, or? From start to finish, or what are we at? Like but just, just how long did I work on this when you, compiling? You sat down to do when it. I sat down. Not to do like it. when you were thinking about it today. No, but no. When mm-hmm. I sat down to do it, how long did it take me to get it down? Just the specific part of writing these fake ones, not the part of testing them on people and all that stuff. Oh, or was I that part of that. the? Was that part of the process? I think that's too? part of the process. Okay, yeah. so the process. I did, I did ask when some you people started and to, to test when them. you were. Yeah. Interesting. Mm. So do you have the actual answer now? Well, I'm trying to figure okay. it because it was a little <laughs> was bit like... disjointed sometimes. But All right. While you think about that, I'm going to think about how long it took you. I'm going to I'm gonna like... kind of make up an answer that's like pretty close. Okay. While you guys I'm going like... to answer an answer that's pretty close. Okay. So. While you guys are like sort out your answers, I can give you a little bonus um, fun fact. I found one that was Florida man arrested after asking police if he can leave a crash to go get some more meth. <laughs> like what? Seems oh like wow! A... I think I read that one somewhere. <laughs> really? How do you like think they answered? Bad life decision. <laughs> just really bad. All around. Unreal. Okay. Uh, I'm still. Thinking. I think I, I think I'm ready. You still thinking? Still thinking. Thinking about adjusting, but I'm going to stick with my original. Okay. <clears throat> we do a what countdown. If those, what, if ten, the, what if they're the same answer? <laughs> then, Mine's then, oddly then specific. Then we are so. going to rock paper scissors. Oh wow! <laughs> okay. Um, you have 10. Okay, I got nine. It. <laughs> okay. Uh, go ahead, Brad. Okay, my answer is 27.35 minutes. Okay. Mine is 25 and a half minutes. Oh, so. you folks are way too close together. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say like 35 minutes, oh, probably. I so lose. I think Brad is close. Wow. wow. I don't know that for sure, but it was a little bit disjointed. I should have gone with my gut. What was your gut? Yes. 30 minutes. Oh, so right. wow. <laughs> Brad takes. Takes all with five points. Derek has four, and Bran has two. Congrats, Bran. Awesome. So this yeah. has been Yay. a lot of fun. Cool. Thanks. Yeah, it was a cool idea. Thank you. Yeah, Preston. this was yeah, fun. Thanks for yeah. putting the work into that. That's great. And this has been Factor Fiction. Okay, folks. Well, it's time to wrap up this podcast. Any last comments or summaries or things you learned? Or anything you want to tell our listeners before we wrap it up? Hmm. I learned a lot. It was fun. Yeah, it was fun. I'd say a big shout out to the Farms of Pastries for sponsoring us. Oh, that's yes. Amen. Really cool, and it's fun to get sponsored. So, that's right. yeah, that's right. Thank you to them, and definitely go support them because yes. they have a really good thing going on over there. Check them out. And yep. shout out to our like one listener in Germany or something. Oh, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Did that happen? 
Yeah, there was like one less than one percent of our listeners are in Germany, so I don't know how that happened. But some poor German soul accidentally started our podcast and quickly stopped. Probably. But yeah, if yeah. they really wanted to, I mean, we don't want to knock them or anything. That's right. So, yeah. So welcome well, aboard. Welcome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll see if uh, our percentages go up this time. If more, if they told their friends or not, yeah. we'll find out. Yeah, and just for the record, we don't have anything against Florida people. That's right. Oh, oh, yeah. But Good you call. do sure, you sure do do some, some entertaining stuff. That's right. That's yeah, we so could do a we should do a game show where we have stuff with the headline of Kansas man, and just see what, what I don't even know what the weird things are that people in our state do. Guess we'd have to find out. Yeah. yeah. Also, I know that we're gonna like have the plug at the end for all our. Um, platforms to find us on, but I would say that we, due to technical difficulties, we lost our reviews that we had already, which is really cool. Thank you to everyone that did go review us, but feel free to go back and re-review us, because um, that really helps us get um, boosted up there in the search results and that sort of thing, so please go rate and review. And rating is great, but reviews are even better, because then we know what you're actually thinking, True. rather than just giving great. us a certain number of stars, and so... We take both positive and negative feedback, so yeah. please, we'd we'll love it. to hear from you. That's right. And we'd love to hear from you in the form of questions. That's true. Yeah. We won't Not. say we'll answer every question you ask, but we'd be happy to have ideas for things to talk about in the podcast. That's right. True that. Okay. Well, this has been Answers May Vary. See you next time. Yep. Have a good one. See, See ya. ya. Thank you for listening to the Answers May Vary podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, we would really appreciate it if you could give us a rating and or review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, we really do want to hear from you and your feedback. If you have questions you would like us to discuss or have suggestions on how to make the show better, you can send that to podcast at gmail.com. We have heard some feedback already, and that's really helpful. But if you have some more um, tips or things you'd like to hear us discuss, your question might be featured on the next episode. You can also follow us on Instagram at Answers May Vary Podcast. And this week, we are going to have our Patreon account up. So you can go support us there at patreon.com slash answers may vary to get some exclusive content.